Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jerry G. Martin. It is our great joy to bring you the Word of God so that you can hear it and you can apply it to your life so that you will continue to grow and be faithful in the things of God. As you listen to this message today, ask the Lord to just lead you and guide you and help you so that He can use your life to make a difference in the people that you come in contact with every day. This is our day and this is our hour to be the light of the world so that God can make a difference. At the end of today's message, we're going to give you more information on how to connect with us online and or in person. We'd love to connect with you and help you to grow in the things of God. Now come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. There was a movie a few years ago called The Fields of Dreams, and it was set in a rural area where the baseball lovers wanted to bring back the glory days of baseball. And there's a line that was in that movie that has become famous, and it was about the fans and baseball heroes. If build it and they will come. It was saying build a stadium, build a field, and people will just come. Well, in our culture, we have a similar view about how to reach people for Jesus Christ. We say it about our churches, build it and they will come. We say it about our choir and our worship, build it and they will come. We say it about our children's ministries, build it and they will come. Just get a big jungle gym, make it look like the McDonald's uh, play area and, and have all the amenities and the technology uh, in your area, they will come. And the goal, it seems, has become to build bigger and better churches. And, with the, and the rate of church growth and the size of ministries have become a measuring rod for the success of churches. How big are you? Somebody, every time I talk to a pastor that I don't know or someone, uh, they ask a question. I was asked this question yesterday. So how many are you running? I say, I'm running them all. I say, how many are you running on Sunday? All of them. Well, how big is your congregation? I say, they go from, uh, they go from uh, 30 pounds up to three or 400, some of them. <laughs> no, he says, I mean, how many people you have? Oh, how many people? I say, we have them short, we have them tall, six, four, six, five. That's how big they are. But everybody, that's how they measure whether they think you're successful. If you say, well, I have about six members. Oh, I got 6,000. 6,000? That's a great church. I say, no, it's just 6,000 people. And 60 of them might be saved. A pastor told me that they, their church was 15,000 people. And uh, he said 15% of them are just taking up space and resources. Some of them just drop their kids off at the children's ministry and can come back and pick them up later. He said about 15% of them give nothing. They don't give anything in the church. That's not the way Jesus intended it to be. Instead of waiting for people to come to him, Jesus went to the people. And we want to encourage you again that he want us to go to the people. I want to look at an example in the book of Luke chapter 19. Chapter 19 verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man there by the name of Zacchaeus. 
He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd, being a short man. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Now, when I read this story, I'm reminded of what somebody asked as a trivial question in the Bible. He said, well, who was the shortest man in the Bible? And you know who it is. Who is it? Zacchaeus. But somebody says it wasn't him. It was Nehemiah. Look at verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and, saw to, and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Jesus is going to a sinner's house. I thought he was saved. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. I want to look at a few things about this encounter with Zacchaeus. Number one, he was a tax collector, and he was a chief tax collector as, at that. Uh, they didn't like tax collectors then, and we don't like tax collectors now. How many of you cringe when you get a letter that has IRS on the front, unless it looks like your re uh, return check? But we don't like to hear from the IRS. Don't even write me to just say hello. Because I don't want to open that envelope because most of the time it's not good. So these tax collectors were, were co primarily collecting taxes for the Romans. And the Jewish people looked at them as traitors. You know, Matthew was a tax collector. And they didn't like tax collectors, but that's who he was. And the Bible says he was a wealthy man. Not only was he a tax collector, he was a wealthy man. And based on what he said about him cheating somebody, he may have been overtaxing them and keeping the difference. But this man, a tax collector as he was, was also curious about Jesus. And he had more than just a passing interest. He was a rich man, and he heard Jesus was coming, and he was short, and he couldn't see him. But he said he wanted to do all he could to get a good view of this Jesus, whoever he is. He said, I want to see him. I believe there are people who are curious about Jesus today, but they've not met him personally. And they don't know how to get up to meet him, but uh, I think if we would help them and give them the information, I believe they will find a way to find Jesus. I, I believe that if you're looking hard enough for Jesus, Jesus is going to start looking for you. If he knows that you're looking for him, he knows where you are. You can find Jesus in the darkest of prison cells. You can find Jesus in the loneliest hospital. You can find Jesus right where you are. And some of you know what I'm talking about. He met you right where you were because you wanted to meet him. And most people don't get saved at the altar. 
Most people get saved because they've made a decision somewhere where they are to give their life to Christ right where they are. Jesus went to the spot where Zacchaeus was. Zacchaeus climbed up a sycamore tree, leaning out, trying to see Jesus over the crowd. Jesus went to where he was. And Jesus knew that there was somebody who wanted to know him better, somebody who wanted to get closer to him. And he knows when we want to get close. He knows when we want to get close. Now, what I'm thinking is that there are a lot of people who maybe not even consciously in their mind, in their heart, think about it, but deep down inside, they know they need something different. And I believe there are people who are looking for Jesus, and since Jesus is not going to show up personally, he wants us to show up in his place. Uh, you might have to uh, help somebody on your job work through some difficulties with another coworker. You never know. That's Jesus showing up to do some work. We're his hands, we're his feet, we're his eyes, we're his ears, we're his representation right here on the earth. Paul said, it is not I, but it is Christ that lives on the inside of me that is doing the work. That's why we say, I can do all things well, through Christ who's where? Who's within me. If he's within me, I ought to be doing some of what he does. If he's within me, I ought to be doing some of what he does if he's within me. Now, what good is it going to be for him to be in us and we don't do anything like him? Jesus saw the need in Zacchaeus' life and Jesus initiated the relationship by inviting himself to visit Zacchaeus in a more intimate setting in his home. Now, Jesus knew he was a tax collector. Jesus knew he was a sinner. And I don't know what kind of church or religious um, um, environment you grew up in. I grew up in the sanctified church, the holiness church, the holy rollers, uh, tongue talkers, the Holy Ghost field. And we weren't supposed to mess with sinners no kind of way. We were too saved to fool with sinners. We didn't want to hang around no sinners. We don't want to talk to no sinners. We don't want to show them want to go to their house. They may be drinking a beer. And what is it going to look like for me going over to a sinner's house? We're saved all day. No evil have we done. We love the Lord. I'm running for Jesus for a long time. I ain't got tired yet. I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and that with the mighty burning fire. When the sinner come into church, we can talk about them. We can preach the hell out of them. We can lay hands on them. We can purge them. But we ain't going to hang out with them. We're not going to associate with them. We're not going to. The Bible told us to be ye separate and come out from among them. I think we missed the boat by not understanding that the Lord wants us to engage with those who are unholy and bring some light to the dark places. Now, listen, let me, let me tell you this now. If God saved you out of the crack house, when you get saved, don't just go on back into the crack house talking about, I'm going to go back and evangelize them. And, and you stand there at the 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> trying to evangelize folk at the crack house. And then when you leave, you don't know where you're at. That's not what he's talking about. Amen. Now, if, you, if you're going to go and you're going to stand out and you're going to tell them about Jesus Christ while they're going in and when they're coming out, that's a different story. But he, here's Jesus saying, 
I want to, not only am I going to see you out in the public, you know, Jesus could have said that to him in the public. Come on down. We're going to, uh, today is your day. Today is your day. Today is your day to receive Jesus Christ. He could have said that right there, but he says, no, I want to, I want a relationship with you and I want to come to your house. I got a neighbor uh, that just lives next to me and they keep up noise. They're smoking weed in the backyard. I can tell and all of that, but I said, I'm going to go over there on Thanksgiving morning. They out there in the back uh, uh, cooking some turkeys. I'm going to go out there and, and talk to them and fellowship with them and end up praying for them. How can I pray for you all? I didn't say, now nah, I know y'all been smoking weed over here. <laughs> you need Jesus. That's what's wrong with you. You need the Lord. Where's that weed at? <laughs> y'all ain't growing it over here. Nothing. I'm going to call the police. How can I pray with you? Then you get a call a few months later. Can you pray for my father-in-law? He's really sick. So the Lord wants us to reach across. He wants us to reach out. He wants us to get out of our comfort zone and so that we can reach somebody else for him. Thank you once again for joining us on this broadcast. This is Jerry G. Martin. It is our great joy to come to you wherever you are to share the word of the Lord with you. And we certainly hope that you have been enriched. Pastor Jackie has been in a great series on holiness. And then we are encouraging our members. And I want to encourage you too in your church to use this year to go out into the harvest field and reach people who do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Jesus came to seek and to save those who are lost, and he wants to use every believer. We are Christ's ambassadors. We are his representative. We are his salt and his light that will impact the lives of those he's trying to reach. He needs you to be on your job so he can get on his job. If you would like to hear today's message in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Or you can visit us online at lowcf.org. Now, I want to take a moment to invite you to be our special guest. People are getting ready for the Super Bowl, but we're going to have a football Sunday on February the 11th in our 10 a.m. service. We're inviting every football player, whether it's middle school, high school, college, or pro, or coach, or referee, or cheerleader to come and be our guest. Where you're favorite team's jersey. We're going to share a message of the Lord Jesus Christ and we're going to pray for every football player. We're going to pray God's blessings for safety and health for every football player. Come and join us. We're going to have tailgate after service out in the parking lot with food, fun, and fellowship at no cost. So be our guest. Again, that's Football Sunday, February 11th at our 10 a.m. service. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.